0: What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in uh, this Saturday afternoon, evening. My name is Zach Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Another episode of the Ready Gold Standard Podcast. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: Hanging in there, Zach. We got, what, five days left until the draft, until we all find out what our fate is going forward. And we're going to see if the fan base is going to shower Kyle Shanahan in adulation or (laughs) if we start calling for his job. It's all going to depend on what he does. Kyle, make the right choice.
0: Yeah, yeah. We really hope so. Um just a reminder guys, we're going to be live Thursday night. Um come join us, see our reactions, share your reactions, and we'll be also going over our NFL draft giveaway. So, um by the way, if you guys haven't seen obviously the the Ravens Chiefs trade was included the first round pick, you are all welcome to resubmit another mock draft. Um that was the rules of the giveaway for, to begin with. But um Matt, I wanted to tell you I, I keep seeing mm-hmm. I know how long it is till the draft because of all these social media accounts posting like an old player's Jersey, you know, like today was Jeff Garcia tomorrow. Do they post Nick Mullins?
1: (laughs) Of course they do. Who else is, Uh, who else has ever worn number four for the Andy Lee. You could do Andy Lee. That's what I was thinking, but no, it'll probably be Nick Mullins. And that's sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess Andy Andy Lee, I mean,
1: Andy Lee's still playing.
0: He's had a really good career. Yep. Yeah. But let's get into this. Um, The first (laughs) call, he says, I'm concerned over this pick. I hope hope there's no reason to be, but I understand why.
1: I have, so one of the guys on our chat, Stuart, I think I'm on board with him in the fact that, like, I'm mentally preparing myself for the pick to be Mac Jones. That way, if it's anything else, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised. And if it is Mac Jones, then it's like, yeah. Which is a lie cuz by the time that pick goes down if they do pick Mac Jones I'm going to go on a fat rant. But I'm just I'm trying. I'm doing my best.
0: Yeah. And you guys you got to be here for it just in case we'll we'll share the the glory and the misery together. So yep. we'll see what it is. Um yeah. I, the the Niners signed in the past week Matt a couple of ex Raiders mm-hmm. players who were actually pretty highly regarded coming out of college respectively, Arden Key and Maurice Hurst. Mm-hmm. Um, Maurice Hurst I think I was the most surprised by it, but if I remember correctly he was like thought of as a first round talent coming out of Michigan mm-hmm. and then he, yeah. it was discovered he had that heart condition Yep and he fell all the way to the 5th round What do you make of these signings? Do you like them? Do you not like them?
1: Hurst I think is a good signing. Um he he's actually been affected because again he was thought of as a first round talent is he like a premier blockbuster player no but the Raiders are making really weird cuts um I think those two getting cut is I don't know I I just don't understand what their thought process is behind those um especially you know given that they're they've I mean they traded away their entire offensive line whatever is going on in the Raiders building I think John Gruden just has you know, a little bit of ADD. He's, he wants some shiny new toys and that's always been his whole thing. Um, I think Colin Cowherd talked about it on his show that, you know, Gruden was a guy who, when he worked at ESPN, he was like, Johnny Manziel is going to be a star. He's going to be a star. He likes those guys with swagger. And that doesn't necessarily uh, translate into good talent evaluation. And, uh, you know, it's showing me that Mike Mayock is just kind of in the building and that John Gruden is running the show. Um, and I think, you know, it, it would be good to get Mayock back on the NFL network because he's just he's having his time wasted there because he he definitely wants, you know, the high character guys. That's why he, you know, picked the the Cleveland Farrell and, you know, the other guys that he picked. And it's just, you know, I think that John Gruden's kind of br- bristling against that. And because he has the 10 year contract, he's the one that's safe. Um, but, uh, you know, Arden Key, also a good signing. This just gives the deep position group of the offensive line or the defensive line, extra ammunition um, and extra, you know, uh, just depth um, to guard against injuries, um, you know, against just have guys rotate in and out, keep them fresh so that you're continuously getting pressure on the quarterback. Here's the thing. What this does though, it tells me that the 49ers are not going edge with a high pick and that makes me happy. So yeah, all in all, I'd say these are good signings for
0: me <laughs> uh yeah i i totally agree with you i i was actually kind of looking forward to seeing your reaction if they did spend an early pick but i'm glad it doesn't happen because it would have just hurt the team regardless uh collie yeah also they they did sign made a great point here they, they signed wayne mm. gallman as well
1: yeah, seen, i like that signing
0: yeah i like it too i've seen some people discuss him possibly as running back one for the 49ers i think that's a, a bit of a no. stretch
1: He'll compete with Jeff Wilson for the primary backup. All three of them are going to see playing time, though. Um, they're going to carry three with Kyle Juszczyk if they have been. And then when one of them goes down, they can pull a Jermichael Hasty off the practice squad or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good depth signing, especially when you consider that Kyle likes to do the running back by committee anyway. We, we always talked about, oh, Tevin Coleman's the starter. And it's like, well, is he? Because Mostert and Brita were getting more of the carries in that regard. Yeah, he started the game on the scripted plays. But after that, when you need an athlete to make a play, they went in a different direction. So, you know, Mostert, I expect to be the workhorse, the the workhorse as it were, you know, the guy that gets 15 to 17 carries. I don't think there's a true bell cow back in that, you know, backfield. And I don't think they want that. I think they want to keep guys fresh so that they can, you know, keep on the attack and help out either Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever, the quarterback's going to be for the 49ers so good signing low risk potentially you know moderate reward he's not gonna be a thousand yard guy or anybody that's gonna transform the backfield or whatever but the one thing that shanahan can do is you know scheme running game so that helps him do what he really wants to do so we'll see how it goes
0: yeah i agree with that and i'll tell you one thing i like this i like coleman a lot more in the summits and i like coleman Um, I think it's a huge upgrade for the 49ers already. So um, I like it. I don't think Mm -hmm. he's necessarily coming in for a starting gig, but hey, he can help round out that. It's a nice running back room when you think about it. I mean, Mostert, Wilson, Gallman, uh, Michael Hasty, and then Austin, Austin Walter on the practice squad. I think it's a solid group, and they also, I think, spares them from either having to draft a running back in the later rounds or even sign an undrafted one. Maybe they stole for a camp body, but they're not forced to, which I think is a is good thing here. Right. Uh, Forever Faithful Podcast, which if you guys haven't, go check them out. It's our newest podcast on 49ers Hive. Yeah. Ian Rappaport said the, on the Niners Podcast, he doesn't think the Niners really need much after a quarterback in the draft. What do you guys think about that?
1: They have needs. They they he- need to draft for down the road. They need a corner who's going to be under contract for more than just this season because all their guys are essentially just re-signed for one-year deals, and that room is getting a little bit older. Um, you, you're you looking at a wide receiver three to complement Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. You're looking at interior offensive line. You're looking at safety. So there's a couple of needs there. Are they critical needs? Probably not. You have enough talent that you can work around those issues. Uh, you'd like to see them – get some depth for the future uh, and to ward off against any injuries that may happen this year, knock on wood. Um, But to to say that they don't have neat, it's not, again, it's not critical needs. There are needs, but you're really drafting for 2022 and beyond uh, after the first round with the quarterback situation.
0: Yeah. I think that's a bit of a stretch to say no needs at all. I mean, Prior to a couple of weeks ago, their entire secondary just about was free agents. They brought back a couple, but the the future is still looking kind of bleak in that position. Um, offensive line still needs to be addressed. There's – yeah, there's a bunch of, of big holes on the team outside of the quarterback position. Maybe not a lot, but they're still there. Um, SF for Life says, 49ers don't ever leak. So do you think this max stuff is smoke from them or just the media is doing –
1: I think the media doesn't know which way they want to do. Um, We went from Mac Jones at the beginning to Justin Fields after Justin Fields pro day to Trey Lance, which Rich Eisen was talking about. Other people were talking about Trey Lance. And now we've circled back to Mac Jones again coming up. I think that nobody knows what's going on, and they're just kind of hedging their bets against everything. They're cycling through. Everybody said at least one or two of these guys. So, again, this team doesn't link. Nobody knew about the trade. Nobody knew about, you know, the other trades that they made, like the the trading back in the first to get Brandon Ayuk. They've gone through all of these big moves. Nobody knew about the Jimmy Garoppolo trade before it happened. Um, nobody knew about John Lynch's hire. Um, he purposefully asked them not to say anything. So for them to go through all this without any leaks and then to all of a sudden get leaks. I just don't buy it at this point. Um, I think everybody's speculating. You're you're kind of trying to read the tea leaves. Everybody says these buzzwords like Mac Jones. Oh, he's he's brilliant. He has photographic memory. He can you know diagnose all these plays. And people go, oh well, Kyle's smart and Mac Jones is smart, so they're gonna like each other. Okay, cool. Um, or you know Justin Fields has a ton of accuracy. So everybody's saying, oh well, Justin Fields can put the ball where it needs to go. So you know whatever, whatever. Or you know, Trey Lance has all of this upside, so they're like, "Well, well, Kyle could develop him and make him into a superstar." So you can find anything from any one of these guys that fits the Kyle Shanahan system and and plug it in there, and that's what the media is doing right now. Um, you know, Vegas put Mac Jones slightly ahead of Justin Fields again. We'll see what happens. You know, like I said, I'm preparing mentally, preparing myself for it to be Mac Jones just in case, so I'm not disappointed. Um, although I saw that senior bowl interview picture today and oh my god if they do draft mac jones the first thing that they need to do is put that kid on a diet and send him into the weight room but yeah you know it's it's one of those things where it's like you it could be any one of these guys and we just don't know anybody who's telling you that they know is full of crap Uh, oh speaking of full of crap (laughs) we'll get to it but uh dan Silio had another beautiful take today
0: yeah um figures but um look and I think it is a bit of smoke, and this kind of ties into another comment in the chat here from Crash and Bernie. Niners in the third spot don't need to make smoke screens. If they're at 12th, then yes. I addressed this in an earlier episode. I think they're afraid the Jets are going to actually take who they really want. And I think if enough media and enough people start realizing how great Justin Fields is, and I mean, I know we did our quarterback rankings and I put Zach Wilson ahead of him, but I've actually kind of grown – a lot more to favor Justin Fields and, and when it comes to the two. I think they're afraid the Jets are gonna go with Justin Fields. So there is actually a need for smoke screens. And at the end of the day, we don't even know if this is coming from the 49ers organization. A lot of these reports you'll hear a source familiar with Kyle Shanahan's thought process, or a source familiar with you know how they would go about. You know, it's just like there's nobody actually saying. Somebody inside the 49ers organization is telling all of these other reporters it's going to be Mac Jones. It's just a bunch of people saying, I think, I feel, and then following it up with an explanation with their logic as to why. But there's no actual you know, truth in these reports. It's a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts, and a lot of projection. So there is a need.
1: Yeah, and, and don't forget that the team that's picking in front of them, the Jets, just poached half of the 49ers coaching staff. Yeah. So they know who Kyle is inclined towards. So to say that they don't need smoke screens when there is every potential that they take the guy that Kyle really wants, that's just factually untrue. And I think that if you just thought about it for a second, most people would realize, okay, no, they do need to pay mind to the jets to see, you know, what they're thinking and what they're going through or whatever. And it's like, it's cool to think everybody's buddy, buddy and Robert Sala and Kyle Shanahan have a great relationship. But the fact of the matter is that they're in different spots now. So, you know, first and foremost, yes, loyalty is a very important thing. Um, and I'll get to why loyalty is why I think the pick, the pick is going to be Justin Fields. Um, well, I'll just get into it now just because, you know, the, the camp that they went through together, the fact that, you know, Justin Fields had been working with Kyle's quarterback guy, uh, John Beck. So you, you kind of read the tea leaves and Kyle knows more about Justin Fields than a lot of people do. Um, but they definitely do need the smokescreen. Um, as for, you know, your liking of, uh, you know, Justin Fields more than Zach Wilson, you know, b- before the season was over, everybody was thinking Justin Fields is a solid second behind Trevor Lawrence. And then we got into the draft nitpick process where everybody looked at tape and all this stuff came out and it's, you know, it's, it's like Cowherd says paralysis by analysis. You know, you sit there and you just nitpick somebody and you just, you know, the Trevor Lawrence is being nitpicked now. So it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just, there's, there was way too much time between the end of the off season and, And the draft and you didn't have a combine so that we could talk about potentially some of these other players because at the combine you talk about oh this wide receiver did this this cornerback looked really good on the three cone drill this lineman put up this many bench press numbers or whatever and it's all consolidated into one spot right we we get the NFL.com videos of the guys running the 40 yard dash and they have the silhouettes comparing them to guys past or whatever we didn't have that this year. So the storylines for the draft are consolidated into these quarterbacks, and and that leads to over speculation, over analysis. Everybody changing their opinions, everybody thinking they know stuff. So, you know, it's just one of those things where we'll find out on draft day who really think you know who really made good analysis and who was you know just kind of throwing darts against the wall and seeing what stuck.
0: Yeah, and I do think we again we've talked about this where a lot of these guys, whether it's Ian Rappaport. Adam Schefter, even uh, Mayoko, they can't go on these guest spots and say, I honestly don't know. They need to say something. And they go with either what they feel, what they're hearing from somebody who is remotely you know, connected. And I, I do think that that's kind of what's playing out here. Um, yeah, I, I saw this as well. The comment says, somebody in the, mentioned in the Hive this morning that the Niners had dinner with Lance's family last night. I don't know if this is Larry Kroger
1: reported that. Okay, Larry, okay. Larry Kruger. Uh, he, I don't know what wouldn't be allowed about it.
0: I just thought because of like COVID, they weren't allowed to meet physically with the players or their families. But then I mean, again, for having invested
1: football that. functions, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. You can, have, you can have dinner with whoever you want. Um, yeah. There's just it, no private workouts, is what the language is. But if you okay. want to meet with somebody for dinner, oh, we just happen to be in the same steakhouse at the same time. What are the odds?
0: Right. Um, somebody else brought up, too. They also took Quentin Williams out to IHOP. I don't think it's too much to read into. I just think they're really doing their due diligence with this pick because at the very least, John Lynch's job is tied to this. At the most, both of their jobs are tied to this pick. John Lynch right. would obviously go first, but if it need be, they would obviously both go if they mess this pick up. So. Well,
1: and here's the thing. Look, who's to say you just can't be nice and take somebody out to dinner? Yeah. Okay, cool. You meet with Quentin Williams at an IHOP and you guys have a nice meal. Um, You meet with Trey Lance's family and cool. You have you have a nice dinner or whatever. I mean, if they were there and it's, you know, a a thing that you think is a polite thing to do, you can do it. But That doesn't necessarily mean that now you become beholden to take the Lance's son because you had dinner with him one time. So I think, again, this is that whole over analysis thing where everybody's reading into everything you know, this just so happens that Larry Kruger reported that he had dinner with Lance's family Who's to say he didn't have dinner with Justin Fields family, you know, and that it just didn't get reported. So again, you take these little nuggets and you do with them what you will, you spin them out of control and it becomes a media narrative. And so, you know, um, but the one thing that I thought was good is I feel like the community really rallied around Justin Fields and, uh, you know, when, when his epilepsy thing came out and really didn't allow that to kind of submarine his stock. So that, that seemed to be a story that everybody was like, Oh, what's going on with this? And then a bunch of doctors came out and said, No, 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 this is this is what's happening. And then you had Alan Fanica come out and was like, Yo, I'm a Hall of Famer, and I played with it my whole career. And then everybody's like, Oh, okay, cool. And then it kind of moved on, which is which is good. I that's something that I actually did enjoy seeing this past week was everybody kind of coming around on that and not really, you know, trying to tank justin fields over that whole thing
0: while we're on this i'm I'm glad you brought that up because um you're our resident medical expert of course how much does this actually impact him we haven't seen it anywhere that it impacted them at ohio state at georgia in high school is this something you should be concerned about
1: i listen i'm not an expert on epilepsy i'm not gonna pretend like i know too much about it but doc a lot of doctors seem to think that it's under control um, it's something that I hear has been reported that, you know, he's as he's grown, um, that it's become less and less and less. He has medication to manage it. Apparently, it runs in his family and his family all outgrew it at some point. Um, and from what I read, I think that's a lot of the norm with epilepsy. Um, childhood epilepsy usually resolves itself as you get older. Um, the one to really worried about is adult onset epilepsy so the fact that he's had this since he was a kid you know and they're managing it and he didn't miss any games at Ohio State and the fact that nobody knew about this in the public until just recently tells me that it's well managed and I don't know that it's something that you necessarily need to to worry about and you know I brought it up to my wife and she was like well is it dangerous for him to get hit and from what I understand it's not necessarily anything to do with impact um it's like it's almost like a similar situation as like a calf cramp right but it's just in your brain your brain just cramps up and it just affects your whole bodily system and that's an analogy please don't anybody actually think that your brain cramps okay it's just i'm trying to make it you know a, a little bit layman's terms for everybody but essentially your brain spazzes out for for a second you know and, and that affects every obviously everything's tied to your brain it affects everything in your body so you know, I, it doesn't look like it's something that should affect him long term and it's something that they have well managed. So I don't see any reason. And we've seen that as, you know, the community kind of rallied behind him. I don't think that's any reason for his stock to slip.
0: All right. Thanks for that explanation. And yeah, simplify it as much as possible because I know I, for one, am an idiot. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, Dan. Angadi, Angadi, I apologize if mispronounced, as somebody with epilepsy, if he has it under control, I don't think it'll be an issue.
1: Great to There you go. And and Dan would know far more than I would. He, it, Someone living with the condition is obviously going to have a better handle on it. And, of course, no two conditions or no two epilep, epileptic people are exactly the same. But, you know, Dan comes, is speaking from a place of, of personal expertise, so he would know more than me.
0: Yeah. One of our newest writers, too, Zay, he wrote an article – and he, he shared with us in the article that his daughter is actually uh, suffered from epilepsy as she grew up. And I think um, she's kind of managed it really well with medication. And he said that she could have already outgrown it. So it looks I, for one, I don't know if this is a, if this is well known. I didn't even know you could outgrow epilepsy. I thought that was something that you had.
1: Yeah, I didn't know until I looked into it more. Here's the crazy thing, though. Like, if you can outgrow it, that means people have like. Stop taking medication. So at some point, somebody's like, do I still have this? Hold on. Let me check. Yeah. And that to me is like wild. But yeah, apparently it's something you can outgrow as, as you get older. So that's good to know. Yeah. To know for all of you who are going to have kids out there, if you have, you know, an epileptic child, um, I mean, that that's, that would be a terrifying thing for me. Yeah. Um, as I sure it would be for everybody. But just knowing that there is a chance that you can manage it, you know, that, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you, Matt, in the previous years, since the 49ers have had this regime, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, last year specifically, we saw all these mocks getting close to the draft. It's Javon Kinlaw. Both you and I were like, no way in hell it's Javon Kinlaw. It was Javon Kinlaw. Um, do you have that similar feeling leading into this draft?
1: I'm starting to get it, and that's why I think I'm leaning towards the just to accept if it's Mac Jones thing. Um, not that I'll be happy, but here's the thing, and I think that you were the one. Uh, no, you know what? It might have been Stewart. No, it was you. It was you that brought up in the 49ers Hive chat. Like, listen, if they draft Mac Jones, everything that they're saying about character building and, and high-quality people is out the window just because of that DUI. Yeah. Um, you can't sit here and say, hey, we moved on from Ruben Foster. We want high class culture, all that stuff. And then to draft a guy like Mac Jones, who has all these red flags um, in terms of character issues. And you said it yourself. What is the likelihood that the first Alabama player that they draft after Reuben Foster is going to be someone who has a DUI like Mac Jones? And so while I sit here and prepare myself for it, those little nuggets come in. And it's just if you read the tea leaves and, you know, Eric Crocker was talking about this, too. It's just. The signs, to me, point to Justin Fields. He's the guy that's always been the number two guy, right? Kyle knows him. Kyle has known him since the Elite 11 days. He's worked with him at the QB Collective, all of this stuff. So to me, that kind of leads me to believe. And, you know, like somebody in here said earlier, um, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, I can't find it, but somebody said that, like, hey, they've low key kind of like moved away and been really quiet about Justin fields. Yeah. There we go. I feel like uh, Kylie said it. So yeah, I feel like Kyle has distanced himself from fields and that's almost like the tell, right? Like Kyle's like, "Mm," it's the bill Belichick thing where like, he doesn't say the nice thing about the player he really wants. You know, he's just quiet about it. It's it's almost like if you speak it to it into existence, people are going to know what you want to do. So it's that that opposite effect, right? Like I don't want people to know that I like to drive fast cars, so I'm never gonna drive fast cars. You know. Yeah. So I I personally think that it's Justin Fields. I hope that it's Justin Fields because as much as people say that Mac Jones is pro-ready, I think that Justin Fields is also pro ready. So I think that Justin Fields with you know, midway through the season could take over for Jimmy Garoppolo and not miss the beat.
0: Yeah, and and Stuart, again, we, we keep talking about this when I type chat, but he brought up the point that look, if Mac Jones is is ready to go by week one, is it that much of a difference if say Justin Fields or Trey Lance are ready to go by week five or six? I mean, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, at the very least four years of a quarterback's time with this team is four to five weeks gonna make that big of a difference that you can't draft them.
1: Right. I don't think it will. And you just look at the overwhelming difference in physical tools. Yeah. You know, if you think these guys are anywhere close at all, which I mean, I don't think anybody is like, oh, yeah, Mac Jones is head and shoulders above everybody else and yeah. what we want to do or whatever. Why wouldn't you take the extra physical tools? Yep. I, d- I just don't understand the Mac the Mac Jones thing. Somebody There was a personality on, maybe it was Ian Rappaport on with Keanu Martin was talking about like if mac jones doesn't go three that he's not even being mocked out of the top in the top 10 after that you know the next place he would potentially go would be new england at 15 so i just don't see oh god i just don't see i don't want to talk myself out of out of mac jones already because i feel like if i do then i'm just gonna be that much more upset on draft night so
0: yeah yeah we we can uh we can change the subject i feel like it's been so so long even though it hasn't been, but since they traded up to three, that most of the conversation on 49ers podcast and on Twitter, it's just yep. Mac Jones. It's not Mac Jones, right? It's not Mac Jones, right? So
1: yeah, it, it, we yeah. got to move on. Uh,
0: last thing and for it,
1: though. Go ahead. Real quick, real quick. I just want to say thanks, Melissa, for the shout. Guys, go ahead and smash that like button. It does us a lot of good. Um, definitely click the notification bell so that you guys can tune in right away. It's good for the algorithm and all that stuff. Anyway, moving on.
0: Yeah, moving on. Um, what I was going to say is uh, Ben Albright, I believe, tweeted out that he's been talking to some prominent agents and some high-level executives. Mac prominent- Jones agent? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but basically that the prominent agents, some of them still believe it is Mac Jones. The higher-level executives say they would be shocked if it is Mac Jones. I'm gonna go with the high-level executives. Agents always seem to have uh, some sort of narrative they're trying motive. to push. Exactly, yeah. like you said, Mac Jones agent. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know,
1: but yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things where you know you. The, the, it's weird though because agents should be plugged in. It's just you have to take it with with a grain of salt, right? If Drew Rosenhaus comes out and says my client is this and this and this, right? Okay, then you got to take that with a grain of salt, and the fact that they're anonymous agents and there's no real source, you know, revelation. I kind of tend to lean towards being very uh, skeptical panda face about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just gotta kind of give it that that sideways look. So, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know. And really, you know, uh, the recovery brings up a really good point about Lynch saying that he regretted not taking Mahomes and that it haunts him. I think that Kyle is making the the, the pick. I think somebody had um, said something about it being in his contract that he gets to make the pick. I think John Middlecoff actually said it, that it's in his contract that he gets final word on personnel decisions. <laughs> um, so it's really going to be what Kyle likes, but I think Kyle understands that at this point, and again, you you just read the tea leaves, right? After, after Josh Allen carved them up, right? Um, how effusive he was in his praise for Deshaun Watson. Um, and a lot of the guys. guys, you know, when he's talking about, hey, you know, you want the guy with the most physical tools, all things being equal, you want the guy who's really explosive. Yep. That to me tells me that it should be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. So I think that he feels like maybe he can get more out of, um, I don't know. I feel like he can get more out of Justin Fields than he can. Um, I think Cowherd makes a good point. I, obviously, guys, I love Colin Cowherd. I think he keeps it real, but except when it comes to Baker Mayfield, who he just like hates on for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, he's talking about, hey, does Kyle Shanahan actually want to spend two years developing Trey Lance? I, I agree with that to a point. Um, I think that if you believe what everybody says about Trey Lance in that he's an A-plus football IQ guy, that he's an A-plus team guy, Trey Lance could definitely be the pick, too. And if it's Fields or Lance, I'll be infinitely more happy than if it's Mac Jones. Um, I might, I might have a meltdown if it's Mac Jones. And I think most, I'm instantly going to pull up Twitter. I'm going to go around to every 49ers Twitter group that's having their live stream during the draft, and I'm going to watch them all meltdown because we're we we all feel the same way. And it's you know it's one thing people are like, oh, you guys are armchair quarterbacking. You guys don't know this and this and that. I have never seen a sentiment so strong as the fan base saying, "Like you better not fucking draft Mac Jones." Yeah, yeah. so you I know think, what? are we we're thirty minutes in? I think I can cuss at this point.
0: Yeah, you're, you should be good. Um, I do think it's weird though that Mayoko has gone super defensive about it. Have you noticed this on,
1: yeah. on Twitter? Uh, uh, Mike Lombardi too.
0: Yeah, 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 mm. Lombardi as well. Put your sources up against mine and whatever, but. Um, I, I just think, you know, Mayoko, he basically, he replied to some random, not random, like in that sense, but not like another reporter, um, unverified, and I don't know if he was tagged in it, so let me start off with that, but basically saying that, uh, you know, you don't have the responsibilities, the information, or uh, there was, I think, inf- inf- information and responsibility that John Lynch has that's making this pick. And you don't understand if they do make this pick, basically why they would make it, and it's like, dude, chill out. Neither do you, for that matter. You know, right. like why are you you're shilling you're right. for it pretty hard? And
1: that. before, so I want you to pull up Melissa's uh, comment because before we move off of the quarterbacks, last thing that I want to address is perfectly encapsulated here, especially for this year. So she asked Zach and Matt, "Do you think Akella will be a reason they're skittish on QBs or um, cornerbacks?" I'm more worried about a high trade up for wide receiver after Pettis, but it does seem they avoided a big need in DBs. Here's the thing you're talking about Akello, right? A very physically talented guy, but a guy that wasn't in the right headspace, right? Dante Pettis, very, very good athlete, good route runner, but the mentals just weren't there, as Marshawn Lynch likes to say, protecting mentals. Um, but that is exactly why that I don't think Mac Jones can be the pick in a year where you don't get these pre-draft interviews where everything's done by zoom, where everything's happening in this way. The one area where everybody's going to miss on is in mental fortitude. And if you have any question whatsoever, especially with this regime who with Akello Witherspoon and Dante Pettis have misjudged the competitiveness and the, uh, you know, the, the team leadership, the, intestinal fortitude to be a successful football player. They missed on that with those two guys. So when you look at, you know, Justin Fields, who's been elite 11, who, you know, one of the five-star recruit, everything here, right. You look at a Trey Lance who said, no, I'm going to turn down big time college programs because they want me to be a wide receiver. I want to play quarterback. So if that means going to a small school, that's what I have to do. You know, you look at that and then you go up against Mac Jones who couldn't beat out Jalen Hurts, who couldn't beat out Tua, who had a DUI at 19, who looks like he doesn't take care of his body. You know, cool, man. You're smart. Guess who else is smart? Josh Rosen. He's on our practice squad. It didn't work out for him. You know, listen... The, the way that you miss in this draft is by misjudging character because you did not get the time with these guys to sit down in a room with them. And I talked about this before. Zoom is cool. Hey, look at, look at our live stream. You can see me from the waist up, but you have no idea if I'm bouncing my leg being nervous right now or if I'm fidgeting with stuff on my desk. You have no way of knowing that because you're only seeing me from the chest up. So Zoom is only marginally effective you can get answers out of somebody you can read their eyes you can look at their you know facial expressions but body language is something that's very important nonverbal communication um how how somebody conducts themselves when you're in their presence so to me i don't know that mac jones can be the pick simply because they're going to be really nervous about missing on a guy the last guy they drafted from alabama turned out to be a complete disaster and that sticks with coaches that sticks with GMs. That sticks with an organization. Can you take the risk of trading these three first-round picks to get a quarterback who has questionable moral standing, who has questionable intrinsic motivation? Because he's not getting up and going to the gym. You, you can't tell me that Mac Jones gets up and goes to the gym every day and works as hard as some of these other guys work. You know, Justin Fields has to manage a chronic illness – in terms of a neurological condition with epilepsy. He's a vegan because he believes it promotes, you know, muscle recovery, whether or not that's true or not. He's been very disciplined with that. And so you can't look at that and look at Mac Jones, who looks like he, you know, goes on benders over the weekend and goes to McDonald's drive throughs every day and tell me that he's the guy. And I know I'm already starting building up, right. I, I, you know, Melissa's saying this is an accidental rant, but I can't look at that soft, doughy, crappy, shitty physique and say, that's an NFL franchise quarterback. That's the guy. That's not the guy. That's not the guy. When you hold them up against Trey Lance and Justin Fields, who are just like supreme athletes with you know 4% body fat, who are out there working their ass off, Trey Lance, who heard the criticism about, hey, dude, you bring your you bring your arm way too low when you're turning the ball over to throw it right like you break you dip it down to your waist when you throw and you can see it in his pro days where he's worked on keeping the ball up near his chest the same thing that Aaron Rodgers had to go through he's somebody that's receptive to coaching you know Justin Fields again who's had to live with this Uh, you know, this neurological disorder, who's done it on the big stage his entire college career. And you can talk about him not beating out Jake Fromm. But you know what? There's a lot of things that we don't know about college football. And sometimes the incumbent is the incumbent. And there's nothing you can do to beat him, right? They're thinking, oh, well, Justin, it will be your turn next year. And he was like, no, I need to play. And so he transfers to a new school, starts right away. 41 touchdowns, six picks his first year, or three picks, I think it was. During a COVID year, where you have that neurological condition, you're like, you know what? The Big Ten's trying to cancel the season. Screw that! I'm going to rally everyone around here to try to get the season going because guess what? I want to play, you know. So you can't tell Mac Jones, who's had it cushy for his entire season. Mac Jones, who has only as many starts as Trey Lance, and had Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris and the best offensive line in college football and the best coach in college football. And, yeah, Steve Sarkeesian, who was an NFL coordinator. You're talking about a guy who's been gifted everything and doesn't look like he understands and appreciates that, right? A guy that doesn't get into the gym and get after it. So, to me, I don't know that it can be Mac Jones. All right. I think I'm done.
0: Before we finish uh, or before we move on, just got to play the – Let's take a quick break from today's show to say thank you to the sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. The past year we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know I myself am constantly on my phone, um, whether it's managing 49ers Hive or on my laptop recording new episodes with Matt of the Rainbow Center podcast, and my eyes have definitely felt the difference. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and all of our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every single pair sold. This is eyewear built for a digital age And Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your new Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. Make sure you click the link in our show notes to get 10% off your next purchase of Baxter Blues. Now let's get back to the show. Nice unscripted Matt rant for you.
1: I tried to keep that one low key. <laughs> that was me on four.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is thank you for the super chat by the way, but they had sent it That's right life. before you started. So you got it right away. You didn't have to wait. There you go. Yeah.
1: There you go. Um, it's gonna be on it's gonna be on nine on draft night though.
0: Let's hope it doesn't get there. Let's I'm not gonna doesn't... be crazy.
1: Like you see some of these people who like their their team like loses a game or whatever, and they just like totally suicide their TV and like I'm just yeah. like I don't understand that but yeah. i'll be i'll be like mm. <laughs>
0: so. uh, katie claiborne asked what's going to happen in the press conference tomorrow with john
1: lynch a lot of generic yeah. answers he's not going to tip his hand before the draft for sure Was uh, it, he, uh, he's going to keep what, it very like low-key very generic answers like you know we think that all of these quarterbacks are really good yeah. um we like a lot of these guys and you know we feel whoever we pick is going to be the one for us it's going to be that kind of stuff so i would like you might the only thing i can say is maybe watch his eyes if somebody asks a question about a particular quarterback maybe something will will you know his body language will kind of give him away it's kind of like if you play poker or whatever you can people have unconscious tells maybe look for that but in terms of his words he's not going to say much
0: no and I do think that um it's a bit interesting I mean a pre-draft press conference but I know he did one he does one yearly right so It's
1: um it's it's mandated by the NFL every team has oh, to Oh
0: I didn't realize yeah. that okay that's nice to know yeah. Um I'm thinking by the way this th- we'll see who the pick is I might do it either way but you know those like random like drama YouTube channels who like cover a whole story I'm thinking of making a funny video with like everybody's tweets in there, can't be Mac Jones, a 49ers trade up, you know, like just encapsulate or covering everything, you know, encapsulating the whole story into a funny video for 49ers Hive YouTube channel. I'll see if I if I'm able to do it. If so, it would be kind of cool to try out. Different different style of content for us for sure. Um let's see, going through some of these comments. Anthony says yeah. the backup quarterback for Bama is incredibly better than Mac anyway. Way more. Talented.
1: Yeah, he almost lost that job in the preseason to that yeah. backup. I don't know his name, but I hear he's like a five-star recruit. I want to say
0: Spencer Jones off the top of my head, but I could be wrong. Gotcha. I mean, let me, yeah, quick. I,
1: I'm seeing in the chat that people are talking about, like, you know, Kyle picked CJ Bethard. We've addressed this, that Kyle didn't have time to do due diligence oh. on quarterbacks. So he took a mid round guy that he thought was like, you know, whatever. I know that, that, Twitter chat or whatever about C.J. Beathard being like a number one quarterback prospect is online, but it is what it is. Um, Listen, I think that it is difficult, and Steve said this in the chat, that it's difficult to compare a third-rounder with third overall, especially when you've given up three first-round picks. There are degrees to where which, uh, and every GM misses, but there are degrees of misses, right? It's like when you play Battleship and you, like, miss by one, or if you're completely off the board, so... It's one of those things where if they get this one wrong, it's going to cost them their job. They're going to be out of here in a couple years. So they definitely need to get this one right. And that presents that problem, right? Is Mac Jones, if Mac Jones is most pro-ready in their eyes, I mean, even with a limited ceiling, do they take him? You know, Or do you go, because to me, Justin Fields is a guy who's infinitely pro-ready and also has a higher ceiling. Like I said before, Trey Lance is the unknown, right? He might have the higher ceiling, but he also has the lower floor. If he doesn't go to the right spot, he's going to bust out. Um, you know, Mac Jones, yeah, his floor is high, but his ceiling is low. So you've got a very short range as he capped out as a prospect already. With, with Justin Fields, his floor might be a little lower than Mac Jones, but his ceiling is a lot higher with elite-level traits. So... You know, like to me, Justin Fields is like the safest of the three. Safest being that you get the highest risk to reward ratio in your favor, where the risk is relatively low, but you get, you know, not the most, but still a decent amount of upside. Whereas Trey Lance is like boom or bust, you know. And if it's Mac Jones, it's like he'll be a serviceable starter, but he's never going to be a top 10 guy. And this is another reason where it's like, Kyle said after the trade, you trade to get a top five guy in the NFL. And I don't think that if Kyle thinks that Mac Jones is a top five guy in the NFL, he's a moron. And we've all been duped this entire time. I have no problem saying that. So,
0: Do you think um, Kyle has problems evaluating talent?
1: Um, I think that, again, referencing Colin Cowherd. Where he says coaches fall in love with talent, GMs fall in like with talent, and I think that that Kyle is one of those guys where he is a good talent evaluator, but if he really really likes a guy, he'll skim over the warts because he really likes that person. I think that could be a case here, um, where where that's the case, but it you know it just I don't know. It's it's one of those crazy things where you just you just don't know what the thinking is, um, yeah. Because it because they don't leak, you can say, oh well, well Kyle really liked Kirk Cousins, okay, that was, you know that that's not what this quarterback is going to be. When you're comparing the, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, that's fine. He realizes he's never going to get Kirk Cousins, and a lot of things have happened since they drafted Kirk Cousins in Washington, where Kyle. Has time to reevaluate and Kyle's 40 years old, 41 years old. It's not like he's set in stone, you know. He's not sitting there like uh Mike McCarthy, who really just well, you know is stagnant and doesn't know what's going on anymore. He's not one of these old coaches, uh, a Pete Carroll, who for whatever reason was just like not willing to deal with Russell Wilson and get him what he needed for whatever reason. Um, it's you just hope that he's changed with the times and that he can look at it and honestly evaluate talent. But we're we're gonna find out. We'll really know by Thursday. So yeah.
0: Thank you guys. Bryce Young. I don't know where I got Spencer Jones from. I guess just thinking of a generic name. Bryce go. Young is the incoming freshman, five five star recruit that almost beat out Mac Jones yep. uh this offseason. So um, Who said
1: it? put up put up Katie Clyburn. Mac Jones reminds me of the quarterback in the movie draft day. <laughs> Bo Callahan. I'm gonna watch that movie um before the draft. I, I watch Bo it every Callahan. year before the draft. It's like my listen, Kevin Costner is a son of a bitch. I love that guy. Yeah. He has some of the best sports movies, dude. Field of Dreams, freaking freaking uh Bull Durham, which is ama- which is an amazing movie. Draft Day. He's got that uh perfect game, like that where he was on the Detroit Tigers. I forget what that yeah, movie was. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, that's a good movie. He's good at sports movies, man.
0: We got a super chat from Tommy Huxley. Snack Jones is Jimmy 2.0 with the dad bod. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the super chat. What I don't get here is, too, is like people are like, oh, like, you know, he he's basically a little bit better than Jimmy. Do you trade basically the farm for a marginal upgrade at the position? No.
1: You would hope not. You would I, really hope yeah. not. I'd really hope not. So you would really hope not, but I just don't know, dude. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm just on pins and needles going like, "Oh god." Yeah. You know, uh, you, you you hope not, but you have to mentally prepare yourself that oh boy.
0: Steve says, "How long until Shanahan, how long will Shanahan and Lynch have and if they miss on a quarterback no matter who they take?"
1: If it's a complete disaster, I would say two years. If they draft Mac Jones, here's the thing. They're not going to get fired because Mac Jones Mac Jones is not trash. I'm just going to say that right now. He's not trash. He's going to be in that range, you know, between eleven and twenty. That's where Mac Jones is going to live, right? He's going to be a a Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill level guy. That will allow you to keep your job and win games and get to the playoffs, but you're not going to be that perennial powerhouse that you really want to be with a top five guy they're going to be able to hang around with that so you know if it's an abject disaster two years if it's mac jones then they're going to be hanging around longer than that but the fan base is going to turn on them for sure the fan base will go from from you know he's an absolute you know like god of a talent evaluator he's an absolute offensive genius too what the hell was he thinking he thinks he's smarter than everybody else he doesn't know everything and that's going to be a real big thing that is going to start to chirp in the ear of jed york a little bit and i think three four years down the line when it's time to renew their contracts maybe he just doesn't yeah so.
0: that's a good point um and, and you brought up uh was it cowherd who said you know gm's like a, a talent coaches fall in love with talent um Shanahan, I think it also is a case of he might have a little too much faith in his own coaching abilities to where he could take somebody who may not be the best option there because he feels, one, they fit in better to a system, and two, he can elevate him with his coaching abilities to being better overall than the guy he just missed on. So I really hope that's not the case here because it is a little bit of arrogance, if I might say um on Kyle Shanahan's part if that is his thought process so my my biggest fear though honestly is that they take Mac Jones and then we have to watch I mean I don't know who would trade up to take Justin Fields but we have to watch another team ball out with Justin Fields every year and the Niners are you know getting up a wild card exit or something for the next two to three years like yeah it it could get ugly.
1: Yeah. here's the thing here's the thing though here's the thing yes the fan base would be like oh man we could have had that guy but if you've been here for any length of time, man, if we can make the wild card every year, yep. that wouldn't be too bad. Yep, Because outside of those couple years with Harbaugh and outside of the one year with Kyle, we haven't even sniffed the playoffs since like 98. So yeah. that's a and tough road, man. If we, said it too. I've always said if you could yeah. just be like the Steelers and make the playoffs every year, Man, you don't have to win every year, but if you're just in contention, like that makes me happier as a football fan.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to make is would you rather have one or two years over the course of a decade that you went to the Super Bowl? Or would you rather have five or six of those years that you were, you know, you made the playoffs, your team, you know, almost got to the Super Bowl? I would much rather take the sustained success because even though you're not winning it, it's still a lot more enjoyable as a fan um
1: yeah you know and and sure you could look at it as like oh mac jones you know yeah we get to the wild card but we could have had you know say trey lance goes to the patriots right and trey lance blows up sure you can look at trey lance and be like man he blew up for them but if trey lance went to like the lions or if trey lance went to you know some other garbage franchise you know washington You know, um, you then maybe Trey Lance busts, and you're like, "Well, oh, thank God we took Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance." Super easy to say that. Like to me, if Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, he's going to be a bust. That organization is a dumpster fire. They're not going to surround him with the talent that he needs. I love Robert Sala, but he's not an offensive guy. And there's only so much that a first-year head coach can do in terms of his clout, in terms of the players that he wants to select in terms of you know the market of New York always being second fiddle to the Giants, in terms of an owner who is very just, just not good. The ownership group is not good. Woody Johnson is not a great owner. So you're talking about a kid who needs a system to thrive in and, and an organization that can hone his talent. You're looking at a kid who in the NFL might play out similar to Sam Darnold because let's look at Sam Darnold who goes from the Jets to the Panthers, who say what you want about the Panthers, but they have David Tepper there, who's a newer owner, who wants to do the right thing, who's desperate to win, right? He's going to do what it takes to kind of get people there to to win. And what did Sam Darnold have with the Jets? Who did they get for Sam Darnold to set him up? Le'Veon Bell? Cool, man. But Le'Veon Bell's style was to be patient behind a good offensive line in Pittsburgh and then hit the hole when it was convenient. The Jets don't have a good offensive line outside of that. Who are there outside Robbie Anderson? That's wide receiver one. I don't think so. And now Darnold will play with Robbie Anderson again with the Panthers, but they have Christian McCaffrey there who is also a great pass catcher that Le'Veon Bell is not. So he was set up for failure to begin with. And yes, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts and he was a turnover machine. I didn't like him coming out of USC. I still don't think that he's going to be that great a prospect, but it's possible for supremely talented players to go to a bad organization and completely fail out because the organization didn't support them. Football is a team game and you can have guys that elevate the talent of others. But when you're trying to elevate trash, trash is still trash. So you can pick the trash out of the garbage can, but it's still trash in your hand. You know what I mean? Like you need, you need people to come with you. Um, And and so for me, it's just, if Zach Wilson has a long road to hoe to become you know, a a really good quarterback. Um, If you're not a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence is, and by the way, Trevor Lawrence is getting Urban Meyer, who's one of the smartest head coaches that's ever graced college football. And if anybody can make it work, it'd be Urban Meyer. I mean, you know, you you have to look at it that way and say, well, Zach Wilson's going to be in a tough spot. So all I'm saying is, this organization is prime set up to whoever they choose to at least be on par, if not better, than Jimmy Garoppolo. And for 10 years, that might be good enough to keep them in place.
0: We might need to put that on a t shirt. Like t-shirt. a
1: secondary rant, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. We might need to put that on a t shirt. Trash is still trash. That's funny. A um, couple comments here. We're going to be wrapping things up. Send in whatever questions you guys have you'd like us to answer um melissa asked if the team goes corner whether at 43 or trade up or trade down who would be your choice i would elijah, love to see them trade Elijah up. molden you want molden
1: molden he's a, he's a fast guy um if they were gonna go wide receiver elijah moore or uh oh man dang i just spaced on his name uh the kid from lsu Terrace marshall oh, okay okay Terrace marshall who runs a four three eight and six three you know, we all love those big body wide receivers.
0: Yeah. Molden, would that be staying put at 43?
1: Uh, No, I think you'd have to move up a little bit. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think mine's definitely a pipe dream. But if, if they're trading up, and we talked about this, Matt, they don't have enough room on this roster for as many picks as they have. They're likely going to trade some of them. Get J.C. Horn. Go trade up get a guy I'm I'm I really like him Croc really likes him he did a nice breakdown over on his mm-hmm. patreon um I like jc horn
1: yeah I think he's going top 10
0: you think you think he's going that high
1: yeah I think he's the first cornerback off the board okay I think he goes uh I think he goes to either dallas or new york and I think they trade up to get him um asante samuel jr at 43 wouldn't be bad
0: yep I was gonna say that's a guy you wouldn't have to move for.
1: yeah yeah, you could probably get him there, but I still I mean, I'm really into these. I think there's going to be run on interior offensive linemen towards the end of round one. I think you got, need to get a guy like Creed Humphrey or Wyatt Davis.
0: Yeah, I agree because because it's not a great class for them. No, it's, it's kind of top heavy.
1: So I agree with Steve. I think JC Horn goes top 10, but he definitely doesn't make it out of top 15. Yeah, he's like top half of the first round guy for sure. For sure. He's got he's- elite physical tools.
0: Yeah, if he slips to the 20s, I hope Lynch is on the phone calling everybody. But um,
1: the one that I actually think could slip because he's had back surgery is Caleb Farley. Yeah. If they, get, if they get Caleb Farley, I'd be okay with that. Yeah.
0: He had, I think he tore an ACL too, right? On top of a back surgery.
1: Yeah. But I mean, ACLs, it's whatever. I mean, we've yeah. seen the Nick Bosa workout videos. Who gives a shit about an ACL? Yeah. <laughs> It's At true. this point, I saw him. I saw him doing them three cones. I was like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Uh
0: going through some of these questions before we wrap up, Antonio just blaze. What if the opposite is true? Fields or Lance doesn't pan out for the 49ers and Mac Jones balls out for someone like That's the Patriots.
1: That's so possible. That's so possible. This is a crapshoot. You would hope that the organization is good enough that if you get a guy in with talent who can stay healthy, that he's gonna do stuff. Like, we're not necessarily moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo because he's like the crappiest quarterback who ever lived. Right. It's a lot of it is because he can't stay healthy and it's hard for, you know, I've said this before. It's hard for Jimmy Garoppolo to grow. If you're always focusing, focusing on rehab and getting healthy, you can't, you can't work on your game. You can't improve your game. So if you're, if you're looking at a guy who's like, you know, a guy who's healthy, then you should be okay. Either way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and like you said, you're you're making the best guess with, you know, all of the the information, the whatever feelings you have. It's all a crapshoot. It's all educated guesses. And you go off of, you know, how the league's trending and how you feel and what you know. That's why what we know about all these guys, no way does Mac Jones go above Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, and, and Stuart has said this too. If they're equal throwers or if they're equal passing wise, you know, passing abilities, why wouldn't you get the better athlete? Why wouldn't you get the guy who just ran a four, Why wouldn't you get a guy who, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Then you start looking down and you've said this before too, Matt, it's single level analysis.
1: Yeah. Single you know, factor analysis. Yeah. If you just look analysis. at one thing, then you're not looking at everything. No. And so I see this going on in the chat. We could talk about single factor analysis too. Yes. Caleb Farley has been injured. Yes, you ideally don't want to draft guys with injury. But if Caleb Farley slips far enough, isn't he worth taking a flyer on if he's a first-round talent? What if Caleb Farley makes it to the fourth round? Is that low enough for you? Because everybody has a price. Everybody has that spot where people are like, it's worth the risk. We're going to get there at some point. So if you take Caleb Farley and you get him for a low enough price, it might be worth the risk. I mean, we just re-signed Jason Ferret because he played very well for us last year, and that's a risk to re-sign him and go into the season having him as your number one guy, given that he has an injury history. And if anybody's willing to hammer on somebody that has an injury history, it's going to be me, that's for sure. But at some point, you got to be like, all right, well, you know, I think we signed him to what a six six million dollar deal for one year. Mm-hmm. That's palatable to me for Jason Ferret. If he gets hurt, okay, that's fine. We took a shot. It didn't work out. That's fine. Six million bucks for the year, whatever. But come back next year and draft a new guy. So if it's Caleb Farley in the third round, let's say, right, if he slips that far, maybe it's worth it. All, all I'm saying is have an open mind. I'm not saying, like, you know, trade up, but if he's sitting there at 43, if he's sitting there at 43 and you don't have to move, it might be worth a shot.
0: Yeah, and I think that also kind of ties into the earlier question about what if they asked on Jones and take Justin Fields and Jones has success elsewhere. You like the fact that they still took the risk. They they weighed it all of they weighed all the analysis, weighted all the positives, the negatives. They still took the risk. So that's what I'm fine with. Um it's just, you know, like you said, it's all educated guesses. So yeah. Uh this comment's definitely
1: for I you. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is my favorite comment of the day because I have been calling Cam Newton Fig Newton for years. Call him Fig Newton because he's soft. Yeah, um I don't I, I just think it's lazy both ways. I don't think either of these kids are soft. Like Cam is like six five, like two fifty, right? Trey Lance to me, body type. If you just took body type, looks like Colin Kaepernick. Just body type, he looks like Colin Kaepernick. Justin Fields, just body type, looks like I don't even know. Like 6'3", 225. He's like a. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. He's like a bigger Russell Wilson. He's like a Deshaun bigger Deshaun Watson. Um, he's like a he's like a more in shape Andrew Luck. Right. He's a, he's a <laughs> thicker kid. Right. I think. See, I and you know, I, I don't know. It's just. I don't like those comparisons because you're comparing. It's one of those things I don't really want to get into, but I think you're just comparing them to Newton because, you know, Newton's black, and I don't know that that's best. I don't think either guy plays like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not accurate. Both these guys are more accurate than Cam Newton is. I just think it's lazy.
0: It's like uh, the, the the comparisons to Mac Jones and Tom Brady. Like, whoa, <laughs> let's, let's relax there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's some – yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah.
0: Kim uh, Farson, Max, not better than Jimmy. He hasn't even took a pro snap in a real game. I agree with that. Yep. Last second, sports 49ers have been the most injured team in the NFL under this regime. Took too many risks on these guys. Can't continue to do that, period.
1: The 49ers have just been snake bit anyway. Yeah. Um, I would argue that the 49ers are right up there with the charge. It's just something in the California water or something. I don't know what's going on, but – Yeah.
0: Melissa, we chose Lattimore, hope for him, did nothing. Borland, uh, believe retired after a season. Sometimes it's okay to be cautious.
1: Borland retired on his own. Not that he got hurt or whatever, but that he just, you know, that concussion awareness thing started rolling around at that time, and yeah. he just decided it wasn't for him. Lattimore, Lattimore was again one of those things where it's like, I think they took him in the fourth round. Uh um, and it's like he was a first-round talent, but had that horrendous knee injury don't go back and watch that if you haven't seen it it's not worth it dude his knee got obliterated um and it was one of those things where that is the type of like knee injury that even in this day is career ending he tore every major ligament in his knee tore the cartilage um had issues with circulation like he just never made it back he never played a snap so um that's you know that's not really his fault but you know yeah
0: they took a risk they took a risk didn't work out sometimes you know more often than not they don't uh tyler we 61480507 says john beck worked with wilson and fields recently lance but not mac think that means something
1: it might the one thing that i do know about kyle and this is like something that's kind of hammered into my mind more lately because everybody's like oh he likes kirk cousins He likes kirk cousins i'm like damn kirk cousins was so long ago why are people still talking about that and i think it's because everybody knows kyle is a loyal dude like if you're a Kyle guy, you're a Kyle guy for life, and so I think that Beck is a Kyle guy, and people that work with Beck, he's gonna Beck's opinion is gonna carry a lot of weight with Kyle. Um, Scangarella's, you know, opinions are gonna are, are gonna carry weight with Kyle. Um, Wa, the head scouting director, his opinions are gonna carry a lot of weight with Kyle. So you're looking at all these guys. And so there definitely could be something to John Beck working with Wilson um, and fields and Lance Beck worked with Lance on his second pro day. They did some plays where, you know, they wanted to see something and they kind of put those installs in there for Trey Lance. So there's definitely could be something to it.
0: Um, I would, yeah, I would say that it's something to read into. Definitely. Did you see, and I sent it in the chat, who knows what to make of this read into it as much as you want, but there definitely was a clip uh, towards the end of the clip of Justin Fields' second pro day where Scangarello goes up to fields and he's, he's, he's play it cool. Yeah. Fields has got a big old smile and he goes to yeah, him like, up play, play it. Cool. And, yeah. Play it cool. And then he gets all serious and walks back under center. I don't
1: know, man. There could be something to that. There could yeah. be something to that. Cause that's like definitely something that's like, you know, why was Scangarello t- like, if you're having fun out there and you're not, If you're not somebody they're seriously considering, why would you say anything? You just keep it to yourself. And it's just like, okay, keep it cool. Keep it cool. You're you're probably going to be the guy. Just relax, dude.
0: My my take on that is they probably told Justin Fields, at least this is what I'm hoping for. They told Justin Fields, look, we're like 98% sure the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. If that's the case, we're taking you. And we're just trying to get as much, you know, of this in right now before, you know, basically a head start and maybe just feels just got overly happy. Scangarello knew the cameras were on. Play it cool. Wipe the smile off your face. It's still a professional workout. Basically, that's what I take from it. It's over okay yeah. interpretation. Yeah. Yeah uh dan Angotti, i do farley at 43 for sure
1: that's what I'm, at a certain point it's just like the talent outweighs the risk and it's just like okay this is this is an acceptable risk with with whatever pick we're at to take yeah. a guy who if he stays healthy if things work out this is going to be a big boon for us
0: yeah
1: uh last second sports rg3 i assume for it, it, Justin fields, rg3 looked so skinny though like yeah. justin fields looked thick RG3 looks look really skinny. And RG three had an ACL in college already and then tore it again at uh his rookie year in the playoffs.
0: They were doing that bootleg uh quarterback run, whatever it is, a uh, way too much. Yeah. Way too much. And and, and real so, quick, Matt, to touch on Kirk Cousins topic talk you, you talked about earlier. Kyle Shanahan got a guy that he liked in one draft, and that will forever for some reason be the Kyle Shanahan quarterback.
1: Who he didn't even pick.
0: Yes, who he wasn't the it, head coach his, for.
1: His dad picked him. Yes. By the way, his dad is still out on the road telling him about quarterbacks. <laughs> Why is his dad going to pro days? Because yep. Kyle listens to his dad. So anybody saying that that Kirk Cousins was a Kyle Shanahan pick is out of their fucking mind because that was a Mike Shanahan pick, not a Kyle Shanahan pick.
0: And I, I just don't get like things change, one, and two – People I, I guess tie Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. By the way, can one... I just say something?
1: Can I Go just ahead. say something? Yeah. Um who had more physical tools than John Elway? Elway could run, Elway okay. could throw, Elway was accurate for, for the day. Elway was a gamer and a leader. You think Mac Jones is comparable to John Elway? nah fam i don't think that it's fuck i'm talking myself out of mac jones i'm gonna get so mad on draft day if it's mac jones but that's fine
0: yeah um i was just gonna say that with the kirk cousins thing people move on and and people are tying Mm -hmm. kirk cousins to kyle shanahan because one shanahan admitted basically the plan was to trade or sign for kirk sign kirk cousins the year after they, they arrived in san francisco and two He's basically spoken positively about him every chance he's gotten. He's not going to say anything negative about Kirk. There's no reason to. And, and, and not only that, but so he's transparent with their plans. That doesn't mean that things change. Kyle Shanahan, we've all talked about it, saw his team get shredded by Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. I have a hard time believing that Kirk Cousins, who hasn't done anything in the NFL, is Kyle's prototype for success in his offense.
1: Yeah. And that's why to answer Tyler, uh, Tyler Wee 614 80507's question, uh, Mike Silver's Twitter thread doesn't scare me. It's just, that's just, again, it's speculation. Yeah. It's more speculation. And as Steve puts it, look at what happened when John Beck worked with those quarterbacks. Um, Steve Mullen talks about fields going from left foot back to right foot back. And I touched on this, uh, I think, the last live stream we had with Matt Ryan, if you look at Matt Ryan before Kyle Shanahan got there, he was a left foot back guy. And when Kyle got there and even to this day, he's a right foot back quarterback. So I think that the, working with John Beck and doing things that Kyle Shanahan likes to see, that's very important. And I think it does say something.
0: Yeah. Uh, going over some of these comments. Uh, let's see. Glad you liked the comment, Matt. This is a diamond pod. Really enjoyed the rant.
1: Thank you, Melissa. We love having you here every week. We love having all of you guys here every week. So go ahead and smash the like button, smash the notification bell. Be here every and, week when we're here and come for the drive. It's going to be crazy. Yeah.
0: This comment made me crack up when I saw it. I, I assume it was typed when you were talking about Colin Kaepernick, Trey Lance. Oh my God. Body mass alone. I don't know if you watch it. It's always sunny, but yeah, 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 it's it's a great show. Uh, dude, that's crazy. See.
1: If you look at like when Rob McElhaney was fat and then when he got like ripped, that's that's one of the craziest transformations I've ever seen. It's so yeah. crazy. Kudos to dude, him just, for he just for got, he just with got it. yoked.
0: Yeah, dude. He was on the cover of like men's health or My something. Health. I
1: know I got that magazine in the mail the other day.
0: Oh nice. I did. <laughs> I
1: did. Uh, DK is
0: saying it's a consistency for him with Mac. He knows what to expect more times than not. Um, yeah.
1: so I assume that you're a guy that likes Mac Jones, and there's nothing wrong with liking Mac Jones. It's not that I think Mac Jones is a bad player, it's just three first round picks for Mac Jones. Do you trade up to number three and give away three first round picks for Mac Jones? And I just don't think that you do. I think that Mac Jones is like a mid first round guy. And like I said, listen, Derek Carr is very consistent, his completion percentage is in the mid to upper 60s every year. He's going to get you, you know. 25, 30 touchdowns and only six to 10 picks a year. But can you elevate the talent around you? It's one thing to be consistent. It's one thing. It's another thing to be consistently excellent and a consistent leader and a consistent guy that can elevate the talent around you. I don't know what Mac Jones could be because he was surrounded by so much incredible talent at Alabama that I don't know where to separate the talent. I don't know where the talent at Alabama and the coaching of Nick Saban ends and where Mac Jones' talent and his ability to lead a team begins. And that makes Alabama quarterbacks very hard to eval. And when you're telling me that he's he's this guy, he's so much better than you know whoever else in the draft. He's so much more consistent. And yet he couldn't beat out Tua, who in NFL circles has looked at like Tua's not really a franchise guy. That, to me, is kind of a red flag on top of the DUI, which shows poor judgment. So I just I need, you know, if it's Mac Jones, do I think that he's going to be as good or better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that's a a strong possibility. And especially, you know, with that doughy fat ass of his, he's probably going to stay healthy. (laughs) You need to stop. (laughs) probably going to stay healthy. I know. (laughs) Nobody shaming here. Nobody. <laughs> no body shaming. But no, like, you know, he'll probably be able to stay healthy and that'll make something, you know, whatever. But whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. He, Is this true? He had a fake ID.
1: I mean, most, listen, most college kids have a fake ID.
0: True. I guess Real I didn't realize college, I, aged.
1: Dude, most co- I had a fake ID when I was in college. <laughs> we all did, but I knew better than to get the, behind the wheel of a car and drive yeah, that's a huge, huge no no. um that's that's I mean, that's a day one no no, yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, last second sports, all of them had major talent compared to competition that said no on McCorkle, yep. um,
1: that's I good. would only say that Trey Lance did not have major talent compared to the competition that or Zach Wilson, I think that the, both of those guys had talent representative of where their programs were at the time.
0: This is a cool, cool comment. Kim Farson, Bucky Brooks said it's be- said it best. Max, Tony Stark's, and Bama is the suit that makes him Iron Man.
1: Bucky Brooks also said that the Ravens could draft Justin Fields to replace Lamar Jackson. So Bucky Brooks is tripping. Yikes! Did you Yikes. not see that clip? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, he said, "Oh." Oh, John Harbaugh is, you know, said his team is like the army or whatever and they just need soldiers to come in. He's like, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson maybe coming up on his 5th year extension or whatever and then maybe, you know, if Justin Fields slips, maybe you take a Justin Fields and you have like a duality thing, blah 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 blah. And he also did say that Deshaun Kaiser was a better prospect than Mahomes. Like Bucky Brooks to me, I I've never liked Bucky Brooks' evaluations. I don't think that he's that good at it.
0: Yeah. Um, DK, I personally don't care about the UI, but he was 19. How old is he now? I mean, what was that like three years ago? Tops?
1: Yeah, two, three years ago. Um, I'll just tell you a personal story. Uh, My dad got drunk and died in a motorcycle accident, so it's personal to me, and I think it just shows bad judgment. Everybody, when you're growing up, tells you never drive drunk. When you get your driver's license, they tell you don't drive drunk. When you have your first sip of beer with your parents, they tell you don't drive drunk it's a message that's as clear as day. Don't hit women. Don't kill people. Don't steal shit. Don't drive drunk. It's a very easy lesson. It's a very easy thing. If you know that you're going to go drinking somewhere, toss your keys in a bowl and have them put away. Like I've been to plenty of parties where it's like, everybody put your keys in the bowl. You, Especially, um, let me ask you something, DK. If it was four years ago, was Uber around four years ago? Was Lyft? Call an Uber. You're on a college campus, dude. Tuscaloosa ain't that big.
0: No, and two, you have to think with all the resources from Alabama, they take care of their own. I I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't have somebody, a friend, somebody looking out for him. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: You know, but we don't. We don't have to get into that. That that's it. You know, definitely. That's as
1: far as I need to go on that. That's fine. Yeah. We're an hour and fourteen minutes in. This you this video will stay monetized. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Let's see.
0: Going through some more of these comments. Is there a guy who could pull a Tebow change, uh, throwing for pro day and go back once it's drafted?
1: That's something that I worry about. Anybody who changes their natural throwing motion, yeah. that in a game situation where you're not very controlled and thinking about it, that you can go back. Just because that's, I mean, I think you're specifically referring to Trey Lance. The way that Trey Lance throws is the way that Trey Lance grew up throwing, and it's going to be hard. But I look to Aaron Rodgers, and I know that that's a really crazy comparison or whatever, but Aaron Rodgers was able to change the way that he threw it when he was with Jeff Hedford at Cal to the way that he throws it now. So it's possible, but you really, really, really have to be on top of that. So um if if Trey Lance is the A-plus football guy that everybody's talking about, then I definitely think that it's possible that he could do it.
0: Uh, Melissa says, well, after Britt Reid, I thought Mac wouldn't be pushed with his DUIs past. Why is the NFL ignoring it? If not, to keep Bama and Saban happy. Yeah. It, it is weird. It's not talking yeah. about more.
1: Yeah. And, like, DK, I get what you're saying, that, like, it was a long time ago. Listen, everybody deserves second chances. Again, this is all... Context matters. In the context of... You traded three first round picks to get to number three. That context matters when you're looking at a character guy. The last guy that you drafted from Alabama is a serial abuser. That stuff matters. You know, Nick Saban even said they gave me a perfunctory high. They didn't ask me about Mac Jones. They didn't ask anything. That speaks volumes to me. So, you know, I think that stuff matters.
0: Mr. Early, the DUI should automatically remove him from consideration considering yep. the Niners value high-character cal- players. It would be hypocritical for them to draft him. This is what I've been saying. You cannot sit yep. there and tell me DeForest Buckner is the epitome of what you want in a 49ers player and draft somebody with the history, even if he's changed. No, I have no doubt in mind he's tried his best to become a better person. I'm not saying that. But the fact that you still made that choice at one point in, in your life, I do believe people can change. But there are others who are more physically gifted and talented that didn't make that choice to begin with. How far ahead are they character-wise that they don't need to even work on these things because that's just how they are?
1: Yep, yep. Um, I mean, again, like I said, Justin Fields was like, no, I'm going to go and compete even though I have a neurological condition. I'm not getting in trouble. Matt well, McCorkle <laughs> wears a T-shirt in the pool. That's fantastic. Hey, no, hey nobody's shaming.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bob Money. I haven't been able to verify the second DUI. I, I've heard this as well, that Mac Jones has two DUIs. I only have information on one. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find any anything else. If you have anything else, feel free to send it to us, but I haven't been able to.
1: Um, last second, yeah.
0: Foster, Alabama DUI, McCorkle DUI, Alabama. Can't trust Saban's word.
1: Yep. yep, and I don't think they do, and I don't think that's why they said more than two words to him. Yep. And Tyler, I will address that. People... I think it's unfortunate that that Dan Orlovsky said those comments about Justin Fields' work ethic issue um, and the fact that they're not touching on, on Mac Jones' DUI. I don't think it's intentional, and I don't think it's what a lot of people are going to say it is, but it does give off really bad optics, and it kind of sucks.
0: I – look, I, I watched recently over the summer – well, not over the summer, over in the new year, I guess it was kind of that uh, – under the spotlight show that was on like Hulu or Amazon whatever, and Justin Fields is on there as a high school kid, and even then, he seems like he's you know all about football, hundred percent dedicated. His dad was you know police officer. Um, it looked like he's worked extremely hard ever since he was a teenager. I, I don't, I don't buy. Wait this.
1: a second, his dad was a police officer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it just feels Yeah, that bad. kid's got that kid's got work ethic.
0: Yeah, exactly. My dad was a police officer, and yeah, it, it's it's not a oh, fun. Your childhood. dad's a police officer. Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. He was.
0: Yeah, San Jose PD. Dang,
1: I'm learning something new about my co-host. We've been friends for what, <laughs> like four years now. Yeah, I just found out.
0: Yep, San Jose PD. Hey. Uh, Juwan White. I think Justin Fields is a more accurate Cam. New- oh, oh, Matt's Matt's not going to agree with this one.
1: No, I think Cam. New- no, I think no, 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 no. I think Cam Newton will take off real quick. I think Justin Fields looks to throw more than he looks to run. Yeah. Um, And there are court, like, I think that Justin Fields, I think that Justin Fields is like Andrew luck to me where he, he can see the field. He can get it to where it needs to go. Um, Maybe sometimes he's, you know, not as ideal at dealing with, with pressure as he should be, but, you know, maybe holds the ball on a little too long because he thinks he can make a play. And a lot of that was Ohio State's offense. But I do think that Justin Fields is more Andrew Left than he is Cam Cam Newton. Cam Newton's trash.
0: <laughs> and, and to speak on throwing first, so much to the point where I heard them at Ohio State wanting him to run more. You know, they were hoping he would actually run more, but he would, you know, look to throw yeah. a lot more. Um, we're going to go through some more comments and we're going to wrap things up. Melissa says, "Orlovsky is a tool. Man is a troll."
1: I okay. I, I don't think that that's exactly fair. I think he said he talked to people that he knew and that he trusted their opinion, and said it without realizing the connotation in which it could be taken as. Yeah. And once that came out, he was like, "Oh no," and and realized it. Um, bring up bring up DK's comment. Uh, is it this one? Yeah. It's not that I don't care how he reacted to his DUI. It's not that I don't think that it did motivate him, right? The fact of the matter is you need to be squeaky, squeaky clean if you're going to be a top NFL draft pick, right? It's It plays into the decision-making process. Could he have improved it? Sure, sure. But it is a character concern, right? Again, they went through this with Ruben Foster. You have to look at the context maybe another franchise is like, okay, we're willing to overlook it because you've done whatever, whatever with the 49ers are like, you know what? We've had an Alabama player who's had an issue with the law before. And we've heard, oh yeah, it motivated me. It's not going to affect me going forward. I've learned so much from it. And then the same thing happened and we had to get him out of here. And we don't want to have that happen again. And so I think that context really matters, especially with the amount of capital that you're giving up to potentially However you want to say if he's learned from it or not there's always that chance that he hasn't and that it could happen again. I mean you're talking about a guy who at 19 had a DUI. What happens when you give the kid money? Real money. Could something like that happen again? Maybe, cuz you look at it, you look at his physique and you're like, "Well, he it he doesn't look like he takes care of himself. He doesn't look like the epitome of a pro football player." And so you're always taking that risk. And can you afford that risk as a franchise who's done it before with another player and been burned on that with the amount of capital that you gave up to move to number three? And I think that's a hard ask of this regime to do that. That, That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. And and it's not that how he reacted to it was good or bad. Like I said, I have no doubt in my mind that he did everything he could to overcome it and use it like motivation, just like right. DK said. But it happened. But he, but he did it, exactly. But he did the it. The fact that you, there's something in his brain that made it logically okay, the logic added up for him at the time. And I think that's what's concerning because that doesn't yep. change. Those decision-making tools and however you go about processing information, that is very hard to change. Very, very hard to change. So yeah, the fact that he did it, I think, is what's most concerning.
1: Wan White. No, the Mac Jones hype does not remind me of the hype for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a real player. Joe Burrow is a franchise dude. Joe Burrow had the best college season anyone has ever had. I watched that, that season, and Joe Burrow was a savage. Joe Burrow's legit. Yeah.
0: And, and DK, we're not we're not fighting with you. We're just voicing our opinion. Everybody is here. It's all civil. There's a place you can come say how you feel, man. We appreciate you tuning in.
1: You know what, DK, you could very well turn out to be right, and the 49ers do end up drafting Mac Jones. I'm just offering my perspective on it and why I would take him off my draft board and wouldn't draft him. But you could very well be right. It's entirely possible that the 49ers do take Mac Jones in spite of everything with the DUI or whatever. So, you know, like, again we're yeah we're not here we're not trying to dunk on anybody or do anything like this or whatever i I value and appreciate everybody's different perspectives coming on the channel as long as you keep it respected respectable we're, we're all doing our best to just have a a, a discourse and a, and a conversation about 49ers football and do the best we can so thanks thank for you the love. fat you are appreciate always the guy we love having you here
0: um there was a one in here. Tyler, um, I don't think the NFL released the news that he has epilepsy. I think Justin Fields himself either released it or he he told reporters one of the, it was one of the okay.
1: reporters one of the reporters said something. But I don't think it's a big deal. His college coach came out and said something about it, so I don't think Justin it's Fields really cares. It,
0: yeah. And and Ben Albright made the point of Pro Football Network and of uh, he he hosted Denver Morning Show on the radio. Well connected guy, basically said. Just because we're finding out about this, that does not mean that teams are just finding out the about team, this. this. The
1: season. teams knew. The, the, the teams have teams known, knew.
0: and they still have him regarded as one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in this class. So, it, it, it's not much. Of, of and you impact. can see
1: who was at his pro day. New England was at his pro day. Atlanta was at his pro day. Mm-hmm. Denver was at his pro day. Yeah. He's still going to be a top ten pick. This is not yeah. going to affect his draft stock. Yeah.
0: This is funny. Mac Trey Jones wants to crack open an old English.
1: He's going to play Edward Forty Hands.
0: <laughs> DUI is one of the many reasons now i shouldn't take mac uh dk he's 19 how is he not going to change i respect your opinion we're not saying he's not we, res-
1: we respect your opinion too yeah. you know i'm just giving you my perspective on the situation yeah. that's all i do think that it's a little odd though um and and cinnamon kiss says this too that no one in the press is really publicizing this when the whole justin fields is the last guy in the first one out thing was a big deal for it was
0: it was headline news. i think that's a
1: little that's a little unfair and i think that that does need to be addressed cinema kiss like represents that perfectly because uh, to me that's bs because that was something that somebody told dan arlovsky he said and again i don't think that it's like the connotation that people are going to think it is i don't think that it was like a racial issue I think it was just something unfortunate that Dan Orlovsky just said because people had said it. And I don't think he thought about it. I don't think it crossed his mind. You know, Dan Orlovsky doesn't, you know, strike me as somebody who considers race when he's talking about stuff. So, but it does say something when you're not going to bring up the issues that Mac Jones has after that. So there, it's a disproportionate kind of thing.
0: Yeah. A uh, couple of comments in here. Melissa, best way to head into the draft week. Thank you, Matt and Zach. You're the bomb. We you're love the bomb, you. Melissa. Thank we you. love you. Tommy Huxley, I talked to Grant Cohn today. He thinks his dad is
1: pushing Mac Jones. That Mike Shanahan's pushing Mac Jones. Oh, okay. I'm like, (laughs) I I feel like, was it Mike at Justin Fields pro day or was he at Trey Lance?
0: I think he was was at one of the other guys. I think it was at Trey
1: Lance's pro day.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yan Chosella, Grant thinks everything in its contrary. He's a bit of a contrarian. Uh, So it was the media, somebody leaked it. He told the team. Ian
1: Rapaport and Tom Pellicero reported it initially.
0: But the way I saw it. But the it, teams the teams questions. knew
1: ahead of time.
0: Because he the way the tweet was worded was Justin Fields has confirmed to teams. So Mike, yes. is this something that he didn't shout out? Or...
1: No, the teams knew ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's something like with that medical issue. I'm I'm a hundred percent positive that Justin Fields was like, Hey, just so you guys know, I've been battling epilepsy for my childhood we have it managed we have it under control you never knew about it till then you can talk to my doctors you can do whatever else like i full transparency because that's the type of person that i think justin fields is i think he's an upfront utmost professional that he's going to be the guy that's like hey look i'm going to put all my cards on the table this is what it is and i'm still going to be one of the best quarterbacks out there so i i actually respect justin fields for putting it out there like that so
0: yeah same here um by the way uh ted Ted H, I believe, on Twitter. He's kind of started this hashtag. Fields great, baby. And not only is that great, but it's so disrespectful because that was Jimmy Garoppolo's quote, and you're replacing it with his replacement. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, yeah. Melissa, also killer outfit, Zach. Glad you're all situating a new place. Getting you guys new content is a Zach,
1: Zach gets in trouble with his boo for buying too many suits.
0: I so. have way too many suits uh, how, maybe, many, how many
1: how do you have at this point
0: maybe 15 i'm not gonna lie it, it's between like five oh 15
1: i was like holy shit 15
0: 15 um,
1: hey that's still a good number of suits though
0: my birthday is in roughly a month it's it's may 28th so i'm getting another one i'm not gonna lie she's asked me what do you want she's gotten me a few things i don't know and the one thing i do want she can't get it on her own she doesn't know like my sizing and stuff I'm gonna get another suit. So, and this is some free, free publicity, but pick uh, pickashirt.com is a fantastic website. I get my shirts and my suits from there. They will send you a suit or a shirt tailored to your size. You can even send them a shirt or a suit that you like the way it fits and they will design one on the fabric of your choice. This is not 49 related at all, but I just need to say that. I love my suits. I love my suits.
1: There you go. There yeah. you go all right guys i think we're gonna wrap it up here um we've made it through a lot we're gonna come back at you on thursday with like five hours of draft coverage so please come through comment we're gonna pull your stuff up we're gonna comment as it goes we'll we'll either be celebrating or we'll all be in shambles it just depends on what's happening but join us live we're going live at five o'clock on thursday Um, when the coverage of the draft starts. So join us then and, you know, do all that stuff. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers. We're going to give away a 49ers jersey once we do. We're so close. Help us get there. If you can get us there by my birthday, I'll be thrilled. Um, But yeah, we really appreciate all you guys tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you Thursday.
1: Yep. Go ahead and click the bell for notifications. And until next time, go Niners.